Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for a very special production on Excited Sound Studios with the People's Truth 95.9 WATD, your host, Benny Rabbi, and our guest of honor at Radio Row right now, Mike Dempsey. We want to join a very special podcast. Thank you for joining us, Mike. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Tell us what's the vibe down there and how is everything happening down at Radio Row so far this morning? Yeah, it's all good. Um, you know, different vibe this year, um, obviously with the pandemic and uh, just the health checks coming in and not as crowded as it usually is here, usually at the media center. It's a, a lot of buzz going on, but I'm sure it'll be, get a little busier later, but um, definitely unique. And uh, for me, it's like coming home again because I lived down here in Tampa Bay uh, from 1995 to 1999. So like this is coming like full circle for me being back here. And I remember 20 years ago, I was here uh, for the Giants and the Ravens were in the Super Bowl 20 years ago. And Leroy Selman, who is the at that point, I think he was the USF athletic director, a former Buccaneers legend, had got me sideline uh, passes for the Super Bowl game and had an exciting experience and haven't been back to a game at Raymond James ever since. So it's kind of funny to come full circle and here it is 20 years later. And uh, but during COVID, it's definitely unique. I'll remember this one for a long time. Mike, even though you're there, you um, you're not able to see the game, though. Is that correct? I'm not. Um, I'm not staying for the game. I never. I don't think I've been to a game. Like I said, a Super Bowl game. Last one I went to was 2001. Um, usually, given it's my daughter's weekend, birthday weekend, and I usually just come back up. I just go to all the. Radio Row, alumni events, um, golf outings that week. That's usually – I like to watch the game on my couch, honestly. <laughs> it's a better view. <laughs> I don't blame you at when, all. When, so when you say Radio Row, is it a lot like – I've been to FanFest at the you know, MLB All-Star Games. Is it similar to that? Uh, you know, Radio Row is like uh, basically, you know, as I'm looking at it right now, it's tables set up, um, you know, from different media outlets across the country. And uh, – you know, guests will come on and go table to table, basically, is how it uh, operates every year. So, you know, I've been, uh, I think I've been to six or seven of them in the last number of years. And um, usually by Friday, it's very, uh, very, very noisy because you got Sirius XM and all the big outlets and uh, everything coming on around you. Everything moves so quickly, but it'll be interesting to see how it looks on Friday. I'll let you know Friday how it, uh, um, how much it's changed, uh, of course, given this year is such a unique um, Super Bowl experience for everybody, even the players. Uh, I saw Tom Brady doing interviews from his hotel room, and I'm like, it must be unique for him uh, with all the experiences he's had doing it from his room. And Gronk, I know Gronk usually has a big Super Bowl bash that I uh, was uh, went to the last couple of years, and we're not doing that event either this week. <laughs> so, COVID oh, yeah, yeah. again. You actually think it's better for the players though in the on long run because they're not being. Uh, being out in the in the group like this, they're, they're not being um, you know sidetracked, you know, with other thoughts instead of the thought only of football. So yeah, answer. I mean, I think it's definitely for the coaching staff. I think it's best, and I think the Buccaneers, I'll, I'll say, have the advantage. I think uh, for sure, being in their home stadium and just uh, less distractions. I think it's definitely a, um, and we know in past years, I know a couple of the players uh, during Super Bowl week got into trouble. We know some of those incidents that have happened over the years, especially in Tampa. Tampa has been, uh, had a couple of unique, uh, um, you know, where players got in trouble for, you know, for things that they shouldn't have been doing Super Bowl week. So I think there's an advantage for the uh, coaching staff for sure. Mike, I want to ask you about June 5th. What's going on? You have got quite the deal. 
Yeah, it's a well, this has been in the works for about 18 months now. Uh, so Jerry Cooney, boxing legend, uh, and I were good friends, and I've helped out his charity called YCS Youth Consultation Services. And we do a, a fight night every year. And this year, Jerry, well, last year, Jerry said, Hey, I want to get back in the ring. This is before Tyson and Roy Jones started to promote their thing. So I think we came up with the concept, everybody else followed us. But there it is, he said, Let's get in the ring and do a three round exhibition. And uh, me getting in the ring with my hero was like, said, well, this is a once in a lifetime deal. I better get in shape. And I lost about 35 pounds. Um, got Irish Mickey Ward training me, Antonio Tarver. I mean, some real boxing legends have uh, Larry Holmes. Uh, although Larry Holmes, I think, is in Jerry's corner for the fight. So I think Larry has kind of like uh, since they fought each other in 1982, I guess Larry felt like, hey, Jerry needs the help. I don't know. But I do have Johnny Damon, uh, Red Sox legend, who's going to be in my corner. I don't know what he's going to do. to. Uh, I volunteered him as a stunt double, but I don't think he wants that responsibility. But uh, we're going to have fun. Like, Tracy Morgan. I mean, uh, <laughs> let's hope uh, Johnny Damon doesn't teach you how to catch a punch. Yeah, you know? absolutely. He's, we don't need that. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, His same to fame was a great outfielder, you know, so he was – Catching baseballs, you know. So, uh, so if you're not catching punches, it's probably I want to know what does Jerry Cooney going to weigh in at. Well, Jerry, I think, still goes about 260, and I've gone – actually, I went from about 251. I'm about 215 right now, so I don't know if losing weight was the right approach, but I wanted to make sure I could run from him in the ring if I have to because the ring is very small, Tony, when you're inside that ring. <laughs> and uh, um, I've done yeah. some sparring with Jerry already, and he's got that uh, that body punch. He's already given me a couple of uh, things he showed me, so I know I have to really uh, make sure I can move and uh, stick and move, stick and move. But I'm excited. Um, I just hope I'm not kissing the canvas. That's what I want to make sure I get yeah. three rounds, like Rocky. And you, uh, and <laughs> you need to practice dancing. You think you can dance for three rounds? I'm going to try. The, 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 I want to see the Ali shuffle. That's what I'm waiting to yeah, see. I don't know. I well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing, you know, we tease, it's an, it's an exhibition, but as you know, you can't stage a boxing match. Like professional wrestling, it's more choreographed and scripted and I, um, but boxing, there's really not a lot you can do to really, uh, you know, when you're in a ring, you know, yeah. things just, you have three rounds, things are going to happen. You're and uh, it's interesting to see how, uh, what happens when he puts some pressure on me, how I respond. And, uh, you know, Jerry said, like, you know, he's not going at it as a, he's not, he doesn't want to lose. <laughs> it's his last fight. His last fight was in 1991 or 1990 against big George Foreman. And he lost, he got knocked out in the second round. Although uh, when I saw uh, Reverend George, he told me that Cooney hit him the hardest that he's ever been hit in his career. Ooh. I think it was in the first round, Jerry rocked him. And if you see the fight, I could—I actually saw the part where Jerry really uh, had him going. But I think Jerry wants to go out as a winner. So I think he's looking at me at baby Jack Dempsey as his uh, final opponent. And I want to make sure that I give him as much of a tough uh, match as possible. So, Mike, I got to ask you, what what uh, what is Tracy doing in the corner for you? What's his responsibility? Tracy's going to make people laugh. I think he can just Tracy Morgan. Can, Tracy Morgan's going to distract Jerry. I think I've, I've already uh, been uh, communicating with him. I said, I just need some, but he's actually a big Jerry fan actually. So I think in uh, Tracy might go to the other side. We're kind of lining up who's going to be in whose corner. I got Iran Barkley. Who's uh, a good friend of mine. He's going to be there, a former middleweight champion. 
Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Dwight, Dwight Doc Gooden, a uh, good friend of mine. Dwight was trying celebrity boxing last year, but it didn't work out. But Doc's going to be there. Um, again, I don't know what these guys, what role they're going to do. I hope they don't throw in the towel for me. I'm hoping they can actually provide me. But Mickey's really the guy that's uh, giving me the real tutelage. I was up in Lowell, Massachusetts, up in Westford, actually, Box to Burn. And that's where uh, uh, Mickey really did some good training with me. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's a tough trainer. He trained Arturo Gatti, who obviously, you know, the Gatti Ward trilogy uh, that defined him and they became very good friends. And I think Mickey was uh, Turo's trainer in his last uh, couple of fights. So um, I've been really just encouraged by learning the game. Truly, Mickey Ward teaching you the boxing techniques and how to get through it has been probably the coolest part of the whole thing. Besides fighting Jerry is Mickey Ward. Right. I know you live in North Carolina and the fights in Hoboken. Uh, it's at what hotel again in Hoboken? Is it the Western? It's what at hotel? the W, yeah, it's the W Hotel, w. Um, w Hotel, Hoboken, right across the river. And uh, yeah, it's uh, June 5th, uh, YCS.org is where you can look up and uh, see the website, wire, and there's going to be eight amateur boxing matches, I believe, before or somewhere. I don't know if my fight's uh, in the end or in the middle. We haven't figured out the schedule yet, but uh, yeah, we're hoping um, everything comes along. It's been 18 months we've been working on this whole um, you know, event, and hopefully it'll be, uh, you know, it'll come off well. We'll raise a lot of money. That's what we're doing it for is fundraising. You know, we're having a good time, but the more money we raise for these underprivileged kids that we're uh, hoping to support, that's what it's all about, especially during COVID. Uh, I think it's more important now that charities like Jerry's group, they have a lot of, uh, this is a good chance to fundraise and help some of their programs. And a lot of these kids need mentoring and you know, this pandemic has been brutal on a lot of kids, especially for my girls, you know, being home. And uh, so I think our disadvantaged youth, there's a lot of issues going on, mental health issues that this is what YCS, what they do in Hackensack, New Jersey and central New Jersey. And they help out these kids. And Jerry's like a big brother mentor to them. So very inspiring. I'm glad you brought that up real quick. I, I got to ask you, tell me a little bit about your podcast, Dads and Daughters Show. Yeah, that started my daughter, Kelly. Uh, she's special needs, and I uh, wanted to give her a platform to talk about some of her projects. She has a project focused on kindness, acceptance, humility, and love. And I said, let's do something together. And I didn't want to make it into a celebrity show. You know, I had Johnny Damon and Mickey Ward on the first show, but I wanted to inspire and have some somehow they – um, some of these people like Johnny Damon uh, relate to my daughter. I mean, my Johnny's like, um, I call him Uncle Johnny. He's one of the family. And uh, how they relate to some of the special need causes that we support. And uh, it's and we've actually had some really cool topics. Uh, anti-bullying. We had Mallory's Army, a great organization in New Jersey to prevent suicide awareness. I know, Tony, you were on our show a month and a half ago talking about addiction and recovery. Personal topic to me as well. I had some painkiller issues as well and i know you uh you guys will be talking to randy grimes tomorrow as well who's sitting across from me you know it's a very personal some of these topics have really um made even my younger daughter learning about some of these topics that about substance abuse or painkiller addiction how easy it is for kids to uh take pills and before you know it you're on uh there's vicodin or oxycodone and before you know it you're hooked and i had uh number of surgeries and uh, that's what ended my NFL dreams was uh, ACL uh, surgery and uh, you know once I started popping those pills I got so hooked on them you wouldn't believe and uh, it's a bad thing and we don't realize it so I think that's uh, that's why it's all coming full circle with the show bringing some of these topics to light educating 
people is what it's all about. So it's a beautiful thing. I have, to, I have to throw in here that remember that the number one drug dealers in America wear lab coats and they call themselves doctors. Yep. So everybody's got to be fully aware. This is you're talking about how you got addicted and it's all because you got a prescription and yep. parents especially got to know that before they fill that prescription, they need to know what it is and what it's going to do to their child. And that's one of the key things that we discussed on your show. Because um, the recovery is a long road and and not recovery is even a worse road. You know, a child, if somebody dies from it, that's even even worse. So um, you got to be very careful. Don't start it. That's the key. Just stay away from narcotics when you get a prescription. If they tell you it's a painkiller, um, tell them, you no thanks, I'd rather do ibuprofen or something like that. Yeah. Well, athletes are addictive personalities, Tony, you know that. And I think that's why athletes are very prone to a lot of those issues because we have that type A personality. And I know when I started, I got, uh, once I got hooked on it, I just wanted to get back and start training again. And I know um, I first had my first ACL meniscus surgery. I was playing arena football for the Albany Firebirds. And um, that was back in 1993. And, you know, back then you just want to get back on the field. It's not, it wasn't like doctors these days can get you back on within a year. So I try to celebrate my recovery and take uh, do some things to get me back out there um, in CFL and then the NFL, obviously with the Buccaneers, where I got an injury settlement uh, two years later. But I just wanted to play and I didn't care. Uh, you know, and I got hooked pretty quickly. Um, the pain was tough. Uh, my knee wasn't stable, you know, uh, the shore, but I had to get out there in the field and try to perform because I had to try to earn a living. I was 24 years old. I mean, this is my life back then. So it's a very personal issue to me. I know we didn't get a lot of time to tell my story on the podcast we did a month and a half ago, but certainly, uh, Tony, what you're doing and getting the education awareness around it is going to help uh, save lives. And that's what it's all about is saving lives. And you said that I, you remember in, I remember interviewing a, uh, another professional football player and he said one thing he remembered quite well was a sign on the wall in the locker room that said, play with, play, play with pain or be replaced. Yep. And that's what he did to try to get back on the field because he knew he'd be the next guy gone if he wasn't out there and performing. So they obviously that's when the painkillers, you know, just jump on board, you know, and get them back on the field. But the cost is pretty outrageous. Well, as athletes, we lie too, you know, when I remember going to one buck place in uh, 95 and, you know, Jerry Angelo was a general manager then and uh, Rusty Tillman was a defensive coordinator. They asked me questions about how you feeling, how's your uh, physically, and I lied. I'm like, I feel great, 100%. I wasn't. I was 80, 70%, but I, I just wanted to get that opportunity and I was going to lie and, uh, you know, the things we do when we're have these addictive personalities to get ahead is something that, you know, that's why I think uh, you're definitely as a parent, you know, kid, your children will lie to you. Uh, they'll say, uh, my daughter, you know, who's uh, just turned 16, she uh, she stole some pills I had um, last year and uh, she thought it was cool. Um, her Twitter friends were, you know, it hate to get buzz. And, uh, you know, she lied to me. I caught her and uh, we had a good conversation, but, you know, as a parent, you got to be very diligent and make sure because uh, it can happen so quickly. And before you know it, your kid is hooked. Can't let it happen. Like you said, nip it in the bud and never let it start. Best advice yep. I've ever heard on that regard. Uh, we're coming up on the end of yeah, our time. Opi oh, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. I was just going to say. I was going to say, if you have opioids or any kind of narcotic in the house, you should treat it like a loaded gun. 
yes. to be under lock and key. Don't ever, not only your own children, and say, well, I don't have any children. But I know in my town, uh, an apprentice plumber uh, and his main guy came came to a house and they found the opioids in the in the bathroom, and the apprentice overdosed two days later because he took them and stole them from somebody else's medicine cabinet. So even if you have no children, you have grandchildren, or you have anybody who comes to your house, cleaning people, cleaning women. I know a lot of cleaning ladies who take the job just so they can go in the house and clean people's bathrooms. And they're not cleaning just toilets, they're cleaning out the medicine cabinet. And sometimes they can take five, six pills and you got 50 in a bottle, you don't miss them. You know, so that's why you got to be really careful. It's, it's everywhere. The addiction is that bad. Yep. Mike, where can folks go to find more information on what you're doing, how they can sign up to donate toward the cause on June 5th? Please tell us all. Yeah, it's YCS.org. Very easy website to follow. You see the Fight Night poster and, um, you know, obviously uh, uh, hope to see you there, Tony. I know we're going to get you there ringside and, um, you know, definitely uh, it's an Irish guy versus an Irish guy being trained by an Irish guy. I got Mickey Ward, uh, you know, Irish Mickey Ward training Irish my, uh, baby Jack Dempsey to get in there against Irish Terry Cooney. So it's going to be an Irish theme there. Um, looking forward to it. I know with you guys up in Boston, you have a lot of that uh, Irish heritage up there, but we're going to make this a fun night, raise a lot of money um, and just have it. So YCS.org is the website. And uh, yeah, June 5th is uh, Saturday night and it's going to be a fun evening. And uh, I have a lot of celebrities uh, interested in coming out. I think it's going to be a bigger night now because we've had this long wait and build up. So, uh, and Jerry's not getting any younger, neither am I. So I think we're ready to uh, slug it out for three rounds and have some fun. As Mills Lane would say. Look, somebody <laughs> somebody can't fight. make it to the fight. They can donate money, though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to a good cause. I mean, everything we're doing is obviously for helping underprivileged kids, at-risk youth. And, um, you know, it's definitely going to. And a lot of those kids are going to be there um, to watch the – so you get a real feel for the charity, and that's what we want to do is highlight uh, why we're doing it, not just getting two old guys in a ring to try to look good, but we want to make sure the kids are there, can kind of uh, get some inspiration, um, especially now. I think it's more important now than ever. Uh, we started this 18 months ago, and I think now it's taken a whole new um, meaning, uh, resiliency, and doing something, and I'm not giving up on – I've been training, and I'm still out there and getting back in the ring uh, next week and start my sparring again, and I'll be ready. But uh, and then I hang it up. <laughs> so it'll be a, it'll be an early, uh, hopefully uh, it'll be a short lived boxing career. But I had four amateur fights up in Albany, New York, and I was one in three and I was disqualified for spitting out my mouthpiece in one of the Albany Golden Gloves matches I had. So for me, it's a little bit of a redemption to actually do something like this and come full circle and hopefully go out a winner for me going out a winner is just surviving three rounds with Jerry. So that's kind of what I'm uh, looking forward to. So hopefully everybody can uh, see me finish, uh, finish the journey that I started. You definitely want to make sure that mouth guard is firmly in place on this one, Mike, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. You know, but I'll tell you what, how hard it is to breathe with the mouthpiece, you know, people don't realize when you're in the ring, um, the kind of the whole thing is really, and that's when Mickey Ward has been teaching Cardio. me. It's how to breathe in the ring. It's when you don't realize that you've got to be able to take those breaks. And uh, you know, when you're in the ring and you get that mouthpiece in there, that's what makes it so much harder. You got your nerves, your anxiety and learning how to breathe, taking those breaks. He's been teaching me that because he said, if I can learn how to breathe, 
right, then the three rounds is going to be a breeze. I have the stamina, but the breathing part I'm still working on. So we'll get there. Slowly but surely, but I'm confident in you. You got the swagger to get the championship, and that's what it's all about. And you're helping a bunch of kids in the process. So yep. kudos to you. Tony, go ahead. I was going to say, um, take your wife dancing the, the month before and wear the mouthpiece and uh, <laughs> see how it goes. That'll yeah. be a real test. You Absolutely. Know, make sure you dance to some fast songs, not some slow mush things. You know? Yep. There you go. So, yeah, so. so well, we just hope that Jerry we, thing at them. Well, we you just know? hope Jerry has a good sense of humor because we've been having these celebrities. Last year I was on Radio Row and had Bernard Hopkins with me, and Bernard, Bernard was teasing, uh, Mike's going to knock you out, Jerry, and uh, a lot of these guys, Antonio Tarver, were doing the same. And I kept telling Jerry it's a joke. And, Bar and Johnny Damon, we were at an event, and Johnny had a couple of drinks, and he might have said some things about Mike knocking uh -huh. out Jerry. And Jerry took it pretty personal. So I don't know. I might have uh, more than I bargained for in the ring on June 5th because, uh, you know, it's got the teasing was a getting a little bit out of hand egos and everything but it's all a good fun and uh jerry definitely uh i think wants to make sure that it's a fun uh, evening but keeps telling me i'm gonna be ki kissing the canvas and taking a nap he says i'm gonna take a nap in the ring that night so we'll see oh, and that from happening <laughs> <laughs> no need yeah, for we'll a nap keep, keep bobbing and weaving That's yep trying bob and weave bob and weave all right. Well, we are coming up on time, but gentlemen, I really want to thank both of you for joining us, Tony especially, and Mike, all the way from Radio Row. This has just been a real pleasure, and we want to thank you for taking the time this morning. Absolutely. A total pleasure, and I'm excited to see a good game. You know, I know, Tony, you're a Tom Brady fan, and uh, I'm rooting, obviously, Buccaneers, my history with them, with the organization. I know Pat Mahomes. I know his agent, Lee Steinberg, but got to go with the Bucks on uh, Sunday. So I'm really hoping that they can bring it home and uh, get the city what they need. So um, it'll be a really exciting time. What a stage and what a platform to do it in. One of the only times that I've ever heard of where the home team is here yeah. at home. I mean, Yikes. It doesn't get much yep. better than this. Doesn't get much better First than time this. Ever. Yep. Ever. You heard ever. it here first. Yep. <laughs> All right, Mike, thank you very much for joining us. Tony, thank you for joining us. This has been a special podcast presentation, 959 WATD and the People's Truth. Benny Rabbi saying, Go Bucks. Yeah, that's right.